title of this talk this morning is Renewing Your Mind When Joy is a Fight. And so for this talk, I'll be going primarily through Psalm 42. And some of the information, or like some of the stuff that I've gotten from this talk will be coming from the book When I Don't Desire God by John Piper. Um, so you can find the notes on page 45, and I'll just break the rest real quick this morning. Uh, dear Lord God, I want to thank you for um, a fun but full week. I want to thank you for the opportunity to um, go to Okies and Chill last night and hang out together as a community and to have fun together. Um, I thank you that um, we have the opportunity to come together for talks and learning and um, learn what it, more, what it means to um, worship you and to have a personal relationship with you. And as we go to Walmart, I thank you that uh, we have the opportunity to interact with our coworkers and to work for the glory of you. And so I pray that we would be focused and that uh, you would give me the words to say and that um, there would be the things that um, you would have uh, people to hear here this morning. And so I pray these things in your name. Amen. So this morning I'll be going through Psalm 42, specifically the first eight verses, as kind of the kind of the outline for this talk. And so I'll be going over three main, main questions. It'll be you go to the, yep, there they are on the, um, on the slide. Like where are we at? Um, what do we do? And then what does God do? And so I'm just going to start off by reading the first eight verses of Psalm 42. Uh, so why are you downcast, O my soul? To the choir master, a masculine of the sons of Korah. As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night, while they say to me all the day long, Where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul. I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God. With glad shouts and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon and from Mount Mizar. Deep close to deep as the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. By day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Um, so like this morning, like I said before, we'll be going over like where are we coming into the summer or potentially where are we halfway through a semester at school? Um, what are we going to do and what does God do? And so even just like talking up here where we're talking about not feeling it or not feeling um, a super close emotional connection to God or maybe God feels distant or whatever have you. Um, I don't feel super qualified to talk about this. I don't think any of the team leaders have ever really felt super qualified to talk about any of the talks um, that we've been giving this summer. And so just as kind of a disclaimer, um, I'm working through these same things. Um, Bacchus and Gideon and Harmon are all working through like the things that we're talking about. And so we don't really have the answers, but we'd be really excited to talk to you about any of the things that we've been learning as we've been preparing for these talks this summer. And so to kind of start out, like where are we at? We are halfway through project. A little over halfway through project, I think we're all exhausted. I think the one thing that I heard last night was we're, I'm excited for a chill social, and some people were still, it wasn't chill enough. Like, I'm still exhausted, like, I'm still too tired to really enjoy and hang out with a lot of people. And so, we're exhausted. And so, there could be a lot of different, there's looking at 
what are, where are our hearts and what are our circumstances. At this point in the summer, you could be in a lot of places, like I said, exhausted. Um, you could be discouraged by maybe a lack of growth that you've seen here this summer. Maybe it's your second or third summer and you just had like this crazy impactful experience. Maybe one of the talks last summer slapped you across the face and that hasn't happened this summer. And you're like, where is God? Where? Like I haven't been experiencing him in the ways that I was expecting to this summer. Um, you could be distracted. Um, project, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of um, just work is tiring. Friendships are fun. And so we might just be distracted by like what's going on from our rooms or um, and so it could be difficult to be excited to study in the Word, get up early, or even pay attention during this talk. Um, exhausted, overwhelmed. Maybe you're skeptical of God's ability to work, kind of going along with um, the previous idea of, like, you haven't been slapped in the face this summer. Maybe your room has been really tough this summer, and the issues that were coming up the first and second week are still coming up, and there hasn't been a real change, and you're like, is anything going to happen this summer, or are we just going to leave in, like, the same place that we showed up? Um, maybe for some of you, you're, sk you're skeptical of God's existence or that he even cares about your circumstances or the pain that you're experiencing personally or just because of things going on in Project. And so even just like as further context, like this morning, and, or well, yesterday morning, I wasn't feeling it. Like I wanted to get into the word by myself for and study like the beginning of chapter five of Ephesians and I hit snooze. I was like, I'm exhausted. I would love to be able to sleep another 15 to 20 minutes and then go to work as opposed to be getting in the word or praying. And even just for me personally, like even we, like last last week and with Larry talking about analyzers versus hard flyers, I feel a little bit more in the analyzer category. Like people have come to Christ this summer. Like people have put their faith in God this summer. And when I heard that at various points, like when I've heard that over the summer, like I don't have like a crazy emotional response to that. Why is that? Like that's a check on my own heart. Like people have come to Christ, people have moved from death to life and are spending an eternity with God forever. And apparently I don't care, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And that frustrates me. <laughs> and so kind of as like a check of like where our hearts at, like verse three of Psalm 42, like the psalmist is saying, my tears have been my food day and night. Well, they say to me all the day long, I think I've, I've wept way too many times this summer, in my opinion. Um, and some of you may feel the same way. And so it's kind of like, what is happening? Well, where is God? Like, if you could be your own, like in, they say to me all the day long, where is your God? You may be the one saying that to yourself here as you kind of come into this talk this morning. And so I think there can be a couple of responses to the ways that we may feel burnt out or struggling with like where we're at this summer. I think there could be a lot of different responses. I think two of them could be apathy or sensitivity. Um, kind of with apathy, like, are you experiencing these things and it doesn't really mean a whole, like, these things don't mean a whole lot and it doesn't really bother you that it means a whole lot. Like, project is fun, there's a lot of things going on. Like, we could fill our time with work at Walmart, we can fill our time with games, like duels or Catan or whatever. We can spend our time at the pool with people. Um, we can go to all sorts of activities to drown out the discouraged feelings and to avoid processing through why we're frustrated about the ways that God has worked this summer. And like, do we have a personal, like, do we have a sensitivity 
to our personal relationship with God? Like, have we noticed, like, over the summer as we've gotten um, more tired, adrift from, from feeling close to God, maybe from an earlier talk, and feeling distant as, like, time kind of starts to separate those things? And so, basically, I'm asking, like, what's our response? Like, do we have the response of the psalmist from the first two verses? He's saying... So his tears have been his food day and night, but he's still saying, As a deer pants for flowing streams, so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When shall I come and appear before him? Like, he feels, he's frustrated by his circumstances. Like, he's poor, like, later in the psalm, he talks about pouring out his soul and the things that he's struggling with. And he's like, God, like, when is the day that I could come to you and that these things would be no more? And so I think that should really be, like, if we're feeling exhausted or we're feeling like we're not getting things out of the summer, like, I think we should be longing for the day that all of that pain and suffering will be washed away and we'll just have um, um, experiencing community with God. And so kind of moving to the next point. Uh, so this slide was intended to be up. <laughs> Where are we at? Okay, so this is what I just talked about. So look at the slide. The slide was helpful. Next slide, please. Sorry about that. Anthony, I'm not giving you super good cues. I forgot. Okay, so what do we do? And so kind of moving through these, the psalm. So first three verses are where the, where the psalmist is at and kind of his response to where he is at. Um, the next two verses, verses four and five, which I'll reread, are kind of almost like his practical response, or like what is he what is he doing given his circumstances? And so the psalmist says, these things I remember, first thing, as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts and, shout and songs of praise, a multitude-keeping festival. Why are you downcast, O my soul, and why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And so I think the first thing that we can do is remember. The psalmist in just the first line of verse 4, is says, these things I remember. Um, he's going out to the throng and worshiping God for the ways that, um, thanking God for who he is and what he's done in his life previously. Um, in a similar way, I think we can remember the ways that like, God has shown up to us, even earlier this summer, or the ways that he's shown up to us like before this summer. Like As an example, like your personal testimony. Like, as a Christian, like, God has revealed himself to you and has made you a believer, and that's a beautiful thing. And so I think that um, remembering our testimonies and remembering the way that God has, like, worked out practically in our lives is a way that we can begin to reconnect some of, like, the heart um, disconnects that we see. Um, as I find my place again. Sorry. And so I think things like our testimony can begin to feel dry and boring and maybe not that big a deal. Kind of as time separate, like even from earlier this summer, as time set, like as there is like a time separation between ways that God has felt like he's revealed himself to now, we can begin to almost minimize the way that God revealed himself because time has passed and because like there's been a bit of a time separation and so I think that takes away from the glory of God and also diminishes our appreciation of God because we're not giving him the full glory of the ways that he's revealed himself to us in the past. And just as like another practical way that we can remember is we can memorize larger chunks of scripture and larger chunks of truth um, to remind ourselves of the way that God has worked. For example, memorize Ephesians 2. Like that is like, 
that is like the crux of the gospel and that is like the crux of like um, the first half of the book of Ephesians as we've been studying this summer. And for those of you who want to take on a bigger challenge, like memorize the book of Ephesians. Um, it might be a little late to get started now, but in previous summers, like I've had friends who um, memorized all of Philippians a couple of summers ago, and that was like a really great way for them to remind themselves um, of the truth that they've been learning this summer. And so the second way that, like what do we do? I think we pour out our souls. Um, so the psalmist said, saying in verse four, like these things I remember, I remember as I pour out my soul. He's reminding himself the truth as he's thinking about and processing through the struggles that he's going through. And so I think we can pour out ourselves to others in Christian community. Um, like Christian community, whether or not it's here at Project or back at school, is a way to talk through and process through like these struggles and kind of like the discouragement that we may be feeling halfway through the summer or halfway through a hard semester. Um, and even for myself, like this last semester, there were plenty of times that I didn't want to confess like this struggle. Like I wanted my roommates, I wanted the people around me to think that I had it together and that like I don't work through these things. And Greta's testimony even earlier this summer um, before one of Harmon's talks, she mentioned the idea of like this kind of fake vulnerability of work like I've going through something difficult, I've thought through it clearly and now I'm gonna share with others um, the things that I'm thinking through. And we can be open with Christian community about the struggles that we're facing right now, even when they're unprocessed and unfiltered, and maybe feel just raw and stupid. <laughs> um, yeah, so confess the ways that you've been discouraged with the lack of growth this summer, or the ways that you're disappointed by the way that you haven't been maybe slapped across the face by a talk like you feel like you should have. Um, and like as their community, as like the body of Christ, we should be good listeners and hear the struggles that they're going through. And the whole point of Christian community is to point not to have like the answer, but to point back to the one who has the answer, to point back to Christ um, and the redeeming work of the gospel. And so that's one way we can pour out our souls. As a second way, like we should be pouring out to God. I think as I've as I've had better friends and like developed Christian community and kind of learned as a student what Christian community has looked like, I can sometimes go to my community to vent and process through these things, but I don't go to God. I forget to pray or journal through um, the things that I'm dealing with with God. And so, um, like, go to Psalm, like, Psalm 42. Like, what, go look at the ways that um, the psalmists um, process through the things that they're struggling with and the ways that they remind themselves of truth. Or Psalm 55 is like one of my, one that I was looking at a lot this like last year um, as ways that like David has dealt with pain and suffering in their lives. Um, as just like another small practical, like meditate on short truths of the gospel as you're feeling discouraged. Like Ephesians 1, 7, it says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace. So who did it? God did it. What did he do? He gave us redemption and forgiveness for our trespasses. How did he do it? By the riches of his grace. And so as like kind of the third point of like what do what can we do? We can hope in God. Um, so in verse 5, just to read it again. Why are you downcast, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I will again praise him, my salvation and my God. The psalmist is verbally reminding himself of the gospel. The, ver the, the psalmist is being 
bombarded by people who are saying, where is your God? Why hasn't he shown up? Where is he like in your circumstances? And all he can really do is remember that the ways that God has like, um, revealed himself into the past and to hope because his hope is in God. And this is kind of the linchpin of the other two points. I feel like I'm repeating myself as I'm going through this talk because I am. Like Ryan Iggy was mentioning yesterday, like as in ministry, the only thing that we have to offer anyone is the gospel. And if we're offering the gospel to a believer, it's called discipleship and community. If we're offering it to an unbeliever, it's called evangelism. And so that's the linchpin of all three of these points is reminding ourselves of tr truth and of the gospel. And yeah, going to community to pour out our hearts, meditating on the gospel are all ways that we can see more of God and remember that the gospel is like true for us. Um, and so going to the next point, um, what does God do? Um, so where are we again at this point in the summer? We're distracted. We're potentially skeptical of God's ability to work. And we may not be believing or enjoying the gospel um, ourselves the way that we feel like we ought to. And even just as context, Philippians 4.4 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Like all over the Bible, it's explained that we should be rejoicing over God and we should be enjoying him. It's not like um, it's not like we're supposed to go through our lives feeling dead to these things all the time. And so I think that part of that has to do with we haven't gone to heaven yet. Like we haven't experienced like full community with God yet. So those that day will come. But what does God do? Verse 8. By the day or by day, the Lord commands a steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. God is steadfast and committed to us. Lucas and Ari did like the relationships talk this last summer, and probably my favorite point from their first talk, they made the point that love is not a feeling, it's a commitment. And so kind of like within their whole idea was that in marriage, it doesn't mean it doesn't matter from one moment or the next. It, it doesn't matter from one moment or the next if you feel like caring for or not caring for your spouse. Like you've committed to loving them. And like the ultimate commitment is the commitment that like God made to us Christians um, by his death on the cross. Um, and so like as like the point to take away this summer as you are processing through frustrations of the ways that you haven't seen God the way that you feel like you should or just am tired and I'm you know, just struggling to like engage with these things as the summer goes on. The, the main takeaway is love isn't a feeling, it's a commitment. God is committed to us far more than we could ever be to him on our own. And because of that, he loves us much more than we could ever love him on our own. And he, he's the one who's going to provide um, the affection. And he's going to be the one to meet us kind of in these like periods that um, we're struggling through. And so that is what I have here this morning for our talk, but I'll pray for us quick and then we can take a short break. Uh, dear Lord God, uh, I want to thank you this morning and I pray that maybe anything, something could be helpful to someone, God. I pray that um, even for me, preparing this talk was helpful and it was good to process through um, things that were difficult from the beginning of the summer and so I pray that um, forward in the summer that um, we wouldn't um, 
we would just push to the side things that we're thinking through or things that are difficult just because it's easier to run to people or run to games or run to something fun to kind of drown out the um, feelings that we're feeling. And so I pray that we would remind ourselves of who you are and what you've done for us. And I pray these things.